welcome to the That Sounds Fun podcast. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs, and I'm so glad you are joining us today. We have a really, really special interview for you. A very dear friend of mine here in Nashville that if you have read Looking for Lovely, my most recent book, you probably know him already. He is the star of the Athletes chapter, and some would say he's the star of the entire book. I get more thoughts and responses to my comments and section about Tim Shaw than any other part really of looking for lovely so far. So, so I called him and I said, Tim, you got to get on the podcast because the people are feeling you and looking for lovely. I need you on the podcast. And so he agreed to it, which is really fun. Tim Shaw is a guy that I know here in Nashville, Tennessee. We go to the same church, Cross Point Church, what's up? And we go to Cross Point together and just have become friends in the last couple of years. Tim used to be a professional football player, which you know is probably my favorite demographic of human is athletes and especially football players. I always wanted to marry one. And Tim and I will talk to you about that in just a minute. But he used to play for the Tennessee Titans here in Nashville, but about two years ago was diagnosed with ALS. You probably know about ALS from the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. That happened the last couple of summers, but Tim is actually the only human I know personally with ALS and to watch his progression over the last couple of years and to see what this disease does to humans and yet to see Tim remain um, Tim in all of it has been really amazing. So we sat down and talked for a little bit. I will tell you that in all my podcasts, this is the first one that I ever cried during the interview. So get ready for that. It's very exciting for you. And um, without any other delay, here is me and my dear friend, Tim Shaw. Pulled up in the cutlass, everybody knew the dry man is me and you. Can we go to the mall? No, we can't. I'm driving in the cutlass, baby. Let's rant to the left, to the right. Everybody knows all night, baby. I can't do it one more time tonight. Somebody told me I had to go this way. Wow. Tim, that was really impressive. Rapping, freestyling. How long have you done that in your life? Has that always been? No, it's a, it's a skill I picked up in college. What? How? So when I chose to go to Penn State, I met a guy on my recruiting visit named Tom Bahali. And Tom Bahali is now a Pro Bowl um, 10-year vet for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, cool. Phenomenal player. And him and I hit it off on our visit. And I, I called him. I said, hey, we should room together. And so... So you are the same age. Yep. Yeah. So we got to Penn State at the same time. And... Uh, basically, living in a dorm room about the size of this booth, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, Tombo loved to rap, and Tombo would, every day, he had beats on his computer, he would make beats, he would rap, he would record stuff, and so I'm in the same room as him, so I mean, I had to just start rapping with yeah. him, and we lived together for three years, and oh, we've wow. rapped every day for three years, so it's a skill that I couldn't forget if I wanted to. Yeah, because I see sometimes pictures online of you at events where you're doing freestyle. And I'm yeah. always like, I do not know that side of Tim <clears throat> Shaw. It's a, it's a fun side. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. A whole rap about the cutlass. Well done. 
I'm impressed. Um, that's well, a, that's copywritten. You can't like, oh, you can't sell that. We can't sell it, but we right. can give it away for free. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So that, let's just change the plane on this podcast and not charge any money versus all the others that we charge so much for. Very people. good. Very so good. we'll make this one for free. So you went to Penn State. So let's back up just a smidge. Um, welcome to the podcast, for starters. I, I'm very honored, and I feel somewhat imprisoned here. Yeah, yeah, in this booth, you are. And, and I feel crazy because the walls are all padded. They're all padded. They're all ready for us. Well, they just are used to my laugh. Okay. So they added a couple of layers of padding for the rest of the people who work Perfect. in this room. Tim, I, my audience, the people, most of our friends who are listening probably know who you are already because you're like the number one star of Looking for Lovely. I don't want to do that to the rest of your stars in the book. <laughs> but, but. But truth is truth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but what's real is what's real. And what's real is that people love to tweet at me and talk to me about the athlete chapter and about your part. So most people know who you are in our little world through Looking for Lovely. Um, but so back up and tell us just a little bit of your story. Played football in high school, went to Penn State, right? What else is there to tell? So what happened? So after Penn State, <laughs> um, after Penn State, I was drafted by the Carolina Panthers, which you know is hard for me because I'm a Falcon. I understand that. Okay, so did you uh, hate the Falcons? Well, we didn't hate them; we just beat them. Okay, yeah, so well, we're... all right, that's fine. Okay, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so you know, I had my journey through the NFL. It was four different teams. I played for seven years. Um, it was everything I dreamed of as a kid, but mm-hmm. it was also the hardest thing I've ever done. And, yeah. Um, you know, moving around a lot and and always trying to make it, always fighting for my life, and but enjoying it, you know, really, yeah. really living the dream of being a professional football player. So um, that's a big part of my public life. And then, you know, through those things were um a lot of great relationships a lot of uh, hard life lessons and mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff along the way and and uh the the part that has um uh, become my new new part of my story is um I was diagnosed with ALS and that was in 2014 so mm-hmm. um that's that brought my football career to an end and and uh, started me on an even more difficult journey. Where you're probably literally fighting for your life. Yeah. Whereas before. It, yeah, when you said that a second ago, I thought, I wonder how much he says, I wonder how true he feels that football was fighting for your life compared to what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a different mindset, right? And when, when football is your life, quote unquote, you're fighting for your life. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. And then when you can step back and realize that it's not, life itself mm-hmm. uh, but the mindset yeah um can i ask you some questions about the nfl because you know it's my dream for starters to have married a guy in the nfl which i think is probably past because i think i'm older than all of them it if might get you, weird now if you say tim tebow then i'm probably gonna leave right do you remember now. where he went to college oh yeah i do you can't marry tim i can't tebow. marry tim tebow yeah. everyone here's what's true all Christians can sometimes miss on what the Lord has for them. And he missed once, right? He went to Florida and no. I can't I can't with a gator. I just right. it would the the divide is too far for me personally as a right. Georgia Bulldog. I respect that. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. So no, not Tim Tebow. It was Please. actually Fire away with it was Keith Brooking. Do you know Keith? I, oh yeah. Oh man, Keith Brooking, Long Patrick Carney. Oh, oh man, Falcons. I thought hey. those guys when they were still single and still played for the Falcons, I was like, 
this will be. Well, I'm not going to say it's too late, but you need some lessons in jersey chasing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, give me um, give me one lesson in jersey chasing. Always find out where the team is staying, which hotel, uh-huh. and uh, camp out there. You know, and, do girls do that a lot? They do. Uh, I wish you I could see, see his my face. inspection right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. You just go to the hotel where they're staying and and make friends. You just like go sit at the restaurant or the bar and. No, no, because no. we we're not allowed to go to the bar. So. Oh, you so wait you just, like between the bus and the hotel. You kind of just, just walk up and say, "Hi, I'm Annie." No, don't do that. You can't walk up. There's like gates and stuff. So you got to wink or you got you know flash a smile. Wow. Yeah. So it's so it's like a marathon. Oh, it's, it's being tough. a Jersey Chaser. Yeah, I've never heard Jersey Chaser. Do you know what I've always heard is Cleat Chaser, which is the same difference, but Cleat Chaser kind of gives you permission to go after any athlete, not necessarily True. a football player. True. So hotels, you have to you have to wink outside a hotel. That I think we my should, dad told me I, I was not supposed veer, to wink outside. I think a hotel. we should veer back on, on the, <laughs> some sort of <laughs> no. But I'm really learning. I'm really learning what I should have done different in my twenties if I had wanted. I just thought you could go to games and cheer really loud so well there's too many people there, you know <laughs> well obviously you see how well it worked out for me tim yeah. it didn't really happen I, I understand tell me did you ever play in the dome i did yeah of what'd course. you think it's so loud it's pretty good yeah know? yeah it was all right <laughs> it was just all right no i enjoyed it i played there actually um with a number of different teams um I'm trying to recall how many victories I've had there. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know what? It's a good place to play. Loved. Uh, it's really cool to play at places like that. You grew up watching as sure. a kid, so yeah, I fun. um, you know, so they know this is the last season. Sixteen, seventeen will be the last year they play in the dome, and then they move over to Mercedes Benz Stadium. And so I've told my parents like, stop with the Christmas gifts and birthday gifts. I want. Two seats from the Georgia Dome. I mean, what am I going to do with them? Put them in my man cave? I don't have any idea. But I just have so loved the Atlanta Dome my whole... You should put them like on your front porch. Oh, I could put them on my front porch. That's it, Tim. There we go. Mom and Dad, there we go. Tim sorted it. We're going to put them on the front porch, my two Georgia Dome seats. Done deal. Done deal. Um, Where was your favorite stadium to ever play in? Penn State. Really? Oh, yeah. So... 100,000 people every week. Yeah. And so you get to the NFL and there's like 80 at the most. So right. This and compare. it's 100,000 people that are on your side. So exactly. even when you went to really yeah. huge ones in the NFL, they may not have been your stadium. Right. Yeah. So it was fun. It was, they were all fun, but nothing compared to I mean, to and that's four State. years of every weekend or yeah. every other weekend of right. the fall getting to play in front of 100,000 people. Yeah. yeah. I got spoiled. What made you pick Penn State? I was a Michigan boy growing up and... It just turned out that University of Michigan was not the place I wanted to go when it came down to it. So I ended up uh, really liking Penn State when I went on a visit there. It was just far enough away from home where, you know, my parents couldn't check on me every week. So, <laughs> but also close enough where they could come and uh, see a game. Yeah. So it was good. So four years there, seven years in the NFL, and now now you watch football. I'm trying to watch less. It's kind yeah. of an, an addiction that I like to wean myself off. Really? Of. Yeah, because I have this love-hate relationship. Really, it's a it's a conflict in my heart. Really, it's, I mean, we could talk about this forever, but um, football is really it was such a huge part of my life that 
I can't deny it, and it's done so many good things for me. But at the same time, now there's the negative things happening in my body through this disease, and mm-hmm. you know, is this disease linked to football and things like that? So I just I see the uh, violent nature of the game and the the way that it's being played today. It's difficult for me to watch, and so I love it, but I'm conflicted if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you watch other sports? Yeah, I love basketball. I love college basketball especially and mm-hmm. um, love watching our Predators do well. Oh, my gosh, yeah, and it's fun. so fun. Yeah, it's As really we're fun. recording this, we are the Preds are in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, f- losing to San Jose 3-2. Three three to two, two. But we play tonight. Here. So, yeah. Right? We got to win. Do you, do you go to those games? I haven't been to one I've this season. I've been to some, but not in the playoffs yet. Yeah, I um. Uh, my buddy Connor, who we have a podcast with him that people can go back and listen to, but Connor and I were talking this week and he said, man, everybody in Nashville is getting on the Preds bandwagon. I was like, dude, I'm like driving the Preds bandwagon. I like haven't cared all season, but I care so much but, now. I mean, but it's fun. That's that's what, uh, you know, good cities do that when you have your diehard fans and then when things go well, the excitement builds. Think about how good this is for our city, right? Uh, people come here. We get attention nationally. Uh, businesses do better. It's just really a good thing for the city. So yeah. it's okay to have bandwagon fans that oh, are good. local. Thanks. And um, we understand that as athletes, not everyone can afford season tickets. Not everyone, you know, dedicates their game day to to the, you know the home team. But um, when things are going well, you know, it's fun. It, the momentum builds and, and it kind of gets everyone excited. Oh, great. So bandwagon fans are like yeah, welcome I mean, by the you athletes. Are, you're very welcome. Just Thank don't, you. Just don't bash us when things go bad. Oh, okay? I don't think I care that much. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. fine. I, I, I can't even, I can't really bash the Falcons and that would be like, but I'm diehard Falcons. Right, I exactly. could maybe, I don't think I could bash the Titans either. Just because I don't know that I'm invested enough. Right. I tried to switch. If I told you the story, I tried to switch to a Titans fan 2013-14 season. I really went hard trying to be a Titans fan, and I I couldn't couldn't do it. Well, when they don't win, it's tough. Yeah, and it just Because the more you win, the more fans are okay. It's easier easier to root for a team that's winning. They're losing. I mean, And the weather. You have to think about the weather when you go to a Titans game, and you don't with the Falcons game. Well, but listen, in the volume, can I just say this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without offending it. you. Well, any true football <laughs> fan wants to be outside. Really? For a game. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. but the, it's think so, about that. Just yeah, think about that. Okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll pray on that. <laughs> You're right. Pray. As a Georgia fan, I was always outside. I got yeah. sunburned and soaking oh, wet yeah. my four years Beautiful. in Georgia. I got every every emotion. You can imagine of weather. I got it when I was at Georgia. Except I Play, didn't get sucked players would rather play outside too. I'll tell you. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because you—that's what you always wanted to do—is yeah, play. It's, you know, you want to be on natural grass out in the out in the elements. Oh, really? I would have never thought that. I would have never thought that y'all cared more about being outside that. Because as a fan, and I also like the volume of the dome. Yeah. Having a, good... a roof on it makes it so loud. And at the Titan Stadium, it's like no matter how loud. Everyone screams, it still floats away. That's what that's, I think. That's true. But okay. there's something to it. There's just something more authentic about it to me. Okay. How many years were you with the Titans? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. Did you like playing for them? Was it a yeah. fun organization? Well, I loved being here because I got comfortable here. I got mm-hmm. to know people. I got to know the staff, not only my teammates, but 
people around town, you know, I got to get comfortable at Cross Point Church and yeah. just the community as well. So really just enjoyed that. Once once I could um, take my job and expand it to knowing people and yeah. having a routine of going to work. And mm-hmm. whereas the other teams I was on, I really wasn't there long enough to get established. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because I guess the other, so Carolina, what, who was in between Carolina? Carolina, Jacksonville, and Chicago were both all like one year each. Okay. But would you move to those cities? Would you like? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. would totally move there. Mm-hmm. And then when you got traded, you'd move somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That is kind of terrible. Yeah. And it, it's kind of the, the life of the NFL that most people don't understand because mm-hmm. what the typical fan sees are these big, big stars, big contract guys who they, they do. They make a lot of money and they stay somewhere for a long time. But there's a lot of guys like me who are just fighting for a job mm-hmm. and therefore need to go elsewhere when the job is closed off for them. So yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of guys like that. It's not uncommon. I think that's one of the beauties of Hard Knocks on HBO is yeah. because they show you these like normal guys who I'll never, I mean, again, Falcons. A couple of years ago, they did the Falcons and it was Devontae Freeman's rookie season. Mm-hmm. And they did, did you see, do you know this episode I'm talking about? They did no. this juxtaposition between him and one of the vet guys showing them in their houses. And Devontae was shopping for his first apartment and was like, look how big this closet is. I can put so much in this closet. And then the other guy has like a swimming pool in his living room, right? right? And so we always think the swimming pool living room guy is the whole NFL when it's not at all. Yeah, and and that really comes back to looking for love. I mean, if you want it, you can't quit. Yeah. You have to be willing to give everything you have and put it on the line. And then when the team comes to me and says, Tim, you know, we're sorry, but... Well, we're going to let you go. You know, I couldn't let that define me, and I couldn't let that um, end my career. I had to say, you know what, I want to play football. I can play football. Um, just because this team says I'm not good enough doesn't doesn't uh, define me as a man or as a football player. And, I, and you keep going. You keep trying. So what would you do? You would get – the team would cut you. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Sorry. And then you would call your agent and say – Hey, or he would know you. Well, my agent cut. would already know, and uh, and he'd say, "Hey, we're we'll try to get you on another team. We're 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 calling. We're and and every other team knew I'd been cut also. So it was a process, a different process each time. When I was first cut, it took me three months to get another job. And the and the, you, what would you do every day? Just go work out and go work hope? out. I would prepare. I would prepare for what I wanted. So that meant working out, um, keeping my body ready. Um, in case a team call for a tryout or, to, you know, to bring me in for a workout or, yeah. or to sign me to play. So I had to be ready because when football is a game of opportunity, if you're not ready when that opportunity comes, then, then they'll just go on to the next guy. Okay, so, so talk about that outside of football because I see that in my life a little bit. I feel like so, that's something God and I have talked about a little bit is preparing for the life you want. What does that look like outside of football? For someone to go like, yeah, I want this thing, or I want I want to be an author, or I want to be a football player, or I want to be a I want to run my own business, or I want to be married, or I want to have kids. Yeah. What does it look like to do that in other areas? I I love you know things that go along the lines of you know you can like talk is cheap, action gains respect, or you know 
Talk, you're going to talk to talk, but can you walk, walk? Uh-huh. There's a million things, right? And what they're saying is, show me the money, right? Yeah. It's, I can hear you. You can, I can write it down in my journal. I want to be, you know, whatever. Yeah. But until you put that into action, it really is only words. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that whatever it is in your heart, if you truly want it, you will act towards it. Yeah. And if that means you want to be a doctor, that means studying for your MCAT, you know, or or getting good grades or whatever that step is, or even like sending in your application. I mean, mm. you want to be a writer? Take a writing class. I mean, it, there's we don't you don't sit and wait and hope, mm-hmm. right? And and we believe in a God who can do miracles, but God is not up there saying. Just sit there and wait, and I'll give you everything you're asking for. He's saying, I gave you these tools. I gave you these gifts and abilities. I want you to use them. And if you don't put forth the effort, when then when I give this to you, you won't know what to do with it. You won't know how to appreciate it. Because mm. you don't so have the muscles much, to hold so it up. There's so much in that, right? Yeah. And we could talk about that forever, but it's this idea that um, we're called to put our faith into action mm-hmm. and and we do that with our belief in God but we do that with our belief in whatever it is we want as well mm-hmm. if I believe I want to be a football player I need to I need to do the things required to, to become one even when it doesn't necessarily even look like right I mean if I could you know I wish I had uh, and I have stories but I've I mean I was training in a local park some random park. There's a swing to, to my left. I want to be in I was cut from an NFL football team, and I'm out there in some random local park yeah. running sprints And because that's what I knew I had to do to be ready for my next opportunity. And I think a lot of us, you know, we say we want something, but are we willing and uh, to put the work in and mm-hmm. to put the time and effort and blood and sweat and tears? Um, so what would have happened if you to put all that work in and a team wouldn't have picked you up? It would have hurt. First and foremost, it would have hurt. But I could live with myself because mm. I've given everything I have. Mm. And and that's what we're called to do as as uh, children of God and as just as humans. We're called to do everything we can as the best of our efforts, the best of our abilities, and then let all else fall as it will. I can't control any NFL owner or coach and make them sign me just like I can't, uh, you know, control the weather. So when it rains, why do we get upset? You know, it's like nothing in our control. So so we do what we can. And so I can live with myself. If I never got to play a down in football in the NFL, I could live with myself knowing that I had done all that I could. Have you learned – because I didn't know you before you were in Tennessee, obviously – but have you always been that centered about not having control or has that come because of what you've walked through with ALS or because of what you walked through with football or is was that already in you? It's like, okay, here's what I can control and here's what I can't control. It was through, a, it was through football and, and uh, I'll say I learned that lesson first in college. I, was, uh, I changed my position in college and that brought kind of the first hardships I ever had in football. What did right? you change from? I was a I was a running back, um, and then I changed the linebacker. Okay. So, up until that point, my football life had been pretty pretty 
you know, smooth and, and good. So I've, I switch positions, um, not by my choice, and then I end up sitting out a year mm. um, while I was learning that position. So all types of things as a, you know, 20-year-old kid. And that switches, with. correct me if I'm wrong, but you switch sides of the ball totally. Yes, correct. So you had to totally relearn. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned, you know, that was the first big instance where I learned that I was out, I was out of my control. And then, uh, you know, going to the NFL was the next thing of, okay, I'm sitting here and every team um, has picked five times and I have not been picked yet, you know. Mm. So I got picked in the fifth round of the draft. So you just learn that everything is out of your control. And so then you just you just learn that lesson of, of I got, you know, I remember last time I mm. felt out of control and you came through for me. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to trust you this time and oh okay you came through for me again. And then next time something happens oh uh, there seems to be a pattern here right God yeah. keeps showing up and and um, coming through. So it's I'm so thankful that I've learned that lesson. Now the ALS is here. I gotta trust. I mean he is God has brought me through so much and he has always shown up for me. Yeah. So I can doubt, I can question, that's fine. I can uh, be angry. Yeah. But I have to trust that ultimately God is going to show up. And he is showing up. I, I see it every day. I have examples of it every single day. Like getting to eat breakfast with me. You know, that is actually, I don't even thank God for that. It's kind of like <laughs> above and beyond anything uh, yeah. he would even Yeah, get. yeah, yeah. Friendship with me is above and beyond. Yeah. What? So give me an example even could you give me an example last week of how God showed up for you? Absolutely. I I went to an appointment with a um, it's called assistive technology uh, person, and they they have items and tools that can help you when you're struggling physically or whatever. So yeah. like maybe a, you're having trouble texting, they have a device that can help you um, text easier. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I went to this place, and it wasn't the most fruitful visit. But um, through that conversation, I then she, the lady there, convinced me to go to another appointment, mm-hmm. and um, and that appointment turned out to be very fruitful for me, and uh-huh. uh, is gonna gonna give me some uh, some braces that will help me walk. And, yeah. Um, so I just even in that, like as difficult as it is to walk in somewhere and say, "Hey, I need help." Um, and being very frustrated with where I am physically, um, God will show up and say, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show up here and, and make mm-hmm. something easier for you. I'm mm-hmm. gonna just that feeling of like of not being alone and yeah. um, and understanding that things could be a lot worse. And um, so being thankful for where I am. Yeah, I remember I heard you speak at we. You had a fundraiser. There was an ALS fundraiser maybe six months ago that I got to come to with y'all. And it was so fun because it was a whole table of your people, which I loved. And you were talking and you said, I brushed my teeth like four times today because I still can. And I remember being like, oh, that that is things that I, I don't think about. I don't like brushing my teeth. It, it's boring to me and I think it's gross looking. But you're in a life where you have to think like, man, every physical thing I can do now I'm really grateful for. It's a difficult mindset. It's a difficult um, 
perspective to understand, but I think if we can all sit back for a minute and really understand how blessed we are, Mm -hmm. whatever the problems we're going through. I mean, I played golf yesterday. You know, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. And and almost anyone listening today could probably go and play golf. It's it's so so much more special to me to be able to do that, knowing how I'm struggling. So I just appreciate that, and I yeah. will cherish that as long as I can. And so I have that mindset with everything I'm doing, and it really allows me to enjoy um, enjoy everything. Because I guess the other option is to is to have the perspective of. This is a countdown until I can't do this. Or I'm so grateful I get to do this today. I live with an if and not a when mindset. So I never say when. I never say things are certain. I just say if. Yeah. If I'm unable to do this Mm -hmm. at some point, here are some Mm -hmm. braces that can help me. Here's something that will help me text. Mm -hmm. All those things. Um, I told you this morning that I think what he actually needs is to get a professional driver. How fancy would that be? I said I'd split it because I just like sometimes I'm tired of driving. So, <laughs> but I like to drive though. Oh, why I mean, don't you just be my driver? Well, I would, but the way I drive is <laughs> probably not conducive to. Uh, <laughs> to you won't be able. To, you won't be able to get any work done. You'll be hanging yeah. on. Oh my gosh, that's right. I'll just double buckle in the back seat yeah. and then get some work done. But you'll get there fast, right? <laughs> my travel time will be cut in half. Yeah. but my gray hairs will go up. Like when you third. like when you stopped at the train tracks, I would have like weaved through there. Uh, did you see? So as we were yeah. coming here to record, yeah. the train came, and the guy across from us just weaved through. Yeah, well, he when didn't... the tracks were the thing was coming yeah, down. Yeah, but he beat the train and didn't have to wait ten minutes. So I mean, hey. Tim, that's not how we make life choices. Well, you know, <laughs> we don't try to beat the train. We cannot live in a have world where we try to beat the seen, train. Um, Fast and Furious? <laughs> yes. Sadly, I have. Do you know what's true about every Fast and Furious is when you leave the theater, everyone drives out of oh, there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like, when you leave after watching, like, a rom-com, there is no noticeable change in driving. But yeah. when you leave after oh, Fast and Furious... Oh, not in driving, but you might believe everyone's trying to get a kiss on their way out. <laughs> well, sure. Agreed. Agreed with that. I'll take that over the crazy drivers. I am not feeling that. Um... Okay, so tell me, like, what does it look like for people to be supportive of you right now? Like, not just in friendship for for me, that's a question I have. Like, what does it look like to be a good friend to you? But also, what does it look like for people to support you in ALS? A very difficult question. Um, to well, be, I'm a hard-hitting journalist. Be... <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> well... I'd say, first of all, anyone who knows me or is in contact with me, the best thing to do is just um, be yourself. Mm -hmm. I think people going through something, the number one thing we don't want is to be treated special or different or, damn, what what can I do for you? Are you you okay? You know, Mm -hmm. before I was diagnosed, if you and I talked once a month, I don't want you calling me every day. Right? That, <laughs> that doesn't okay, make you, that doesn't make you a better friend, right? <laughs> right. It makes you a frantic panicker. Yeah. So, um, and it, and if we were if we had lunch every week, I don't want you to stop having lunch with me because mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. I want you to I want to have what we have, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's real. 
And um, so that's on a practical level for anyone who, if you know someone going through something, they they just want Isn't you that to true? be. That's true. That's such good advice for anyone who is grieving or hurting yeah. or sick. It's like, just want you to be there be you. Just, and just be you. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't change, you know. Don't call and check on me every day. Like, how are you? Are you feeling okay today? It's like, no, I'm not, but I don't need you to call me. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's one thing. And I, I think on a, on a very practical level, um, there's always the events and fundraisers. And, you know, we all have our causes, right? But for me, it is ALS. And there is a, I'm a big supporter of the ALS Association and um, a place called ALS. TDI, which is Therapy Development Institute. You can find that at ALS.net. Yeah, we'll put the link in the show and notes they as do, well. I mean, they, they do the research that I really believe in right now. They're, mm-hmm. they're really doing good stuff. And, and also, they share their research with other places so that they just want to find a cure. So, mm-hmm. um, so you can always make a donation. I have um, some T-Shaw Strong shirts for yeah, sale. And those proceeds go to ALS.net. And so you can find those on, on my Facebook or Twitter or mm-hmm. Instagram at T-Shaw's Truth. Mm-hmm. So those are a couple of practical ways. But really what I would encourage people to do is is find that cause that's close to your heart and uh, and do something, right? We talk and talk and talk. And with social media, you know, we post or we... But actually do something. Find mm-hmm. something that will help someone and do it. Because uh, like we talked about earlier, uh, action. Mm-hmm. Action action shows love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whether someone's hurting or someone's yeah. in need or there's a disease that um, needs a cure, all those things matter. So, so find that thing for you that you can um, put your life into. What do you think you I, – I, I hope this is phrased right – what do you think you know about God that I don't know? So much. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, Piles. I, after, after the way you ate breakfast this morning, so much. I know God <laughs> is not gluten-free. I know that. <laughs> I know. She never even brought me that toast. I really wanted some of that toast. It was fine. Mm, that's a really great question. I think that I know how much God loves me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that you do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think none of us would like to be at our own memorial service. And I think when you're given a diagnosis like I am, you get, to, you get a glimpse of that because people tell you how they feel. Yeah. They, show you, they show you love and they, they, say the, they say the most important things. And so through that, God has shown me how much he loves me. And um, so for that, I'm very thankful. But I wish I didn't have to know that, but I know it. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. Well, okay. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, was, made me hard, have feelings. That was hard-hitting. That was hard-hitting. Feelings are good. You're a hard-hitting journalist yourself, Tim Well, Shaw. yeah, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, so the last question we always ask on the podcast is what sounds fun to you? Because it's called That Sounds Fun. So today, what sounds fun to you? Man, what sounds fun to me is going to to hit some golf balls. Yeah, Is that what you're going to do? Golf really brings me joy right now. I love to get out there. I can still hit the ball. I can still play pretty good golf. Um, 
it just really brings me joy to be yeah. outside and and um, be doing that. So I'm I'm actually sadly not going to get to play today, but I'm playing like three times this week. So <laughs> just not today. It's really pretty today too. Like yeah, it's, it's that beautiful. like overcast, but not hot, yes. but not cold. Yeah, well done. Okay, so we'll put this in the bottom uh, in all the notes and stuff as well. But how can people find you online? Yeah, at Tishaw's Truth on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and then uh, my Facebook page. Other than that... Just find your house. Yeah, Other than that, yeah. just... <laughs> just Google me. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Tim. Well, uh, thank you for being on the podcast. My pleasure. You did an excellent job. You're really great at this. You know, I've done some speaking over the years. Yeah. It, that's one great thing about being an athlete is you get interviewed. Uh-huh. So you're basically... Working on your public speaking for Constantly. years and years. So yeah. Next thing you know, you can rap all yeah. day, right? <laughs> next thing you know, you're a freestyle rapper. Right? Well, well can done. I, can I close this out with a little rap? Uh, yes, for sure. I'm not great at the beat. All right, part, listen, right? Just don't do the beat. I'll just, I'll okay. just I'll give the people a little something. Okay. When you talk to Annie Downs, everybody knows you got to say what's up and not to say what goes. This is the way she has to do today. The flow comes from her heart and me, that's the same. Had to do it once with even on that note. Everybody go and have a great hope in the great Lord to the uh uh. Lost my beat, but we keep it on the uh. <laughs> that's all I got, folks. That was really good. Yeah. Well done. Thanks, Tim. You're the best. My pleasure. Well, I warned you there were tears, right? I mean, I'm telling you, that guy, what um, what a good gift we have having Tim Shaw on this planet. I am really thankful for him in my life and on the podcast and in looking for Lovely. Um, as he said, you can follow him everywhere, and we will link to that. It's T. Shaw's Truth. And, you know... If I was you, what I would do today is just shoot him a tweet or leave a comment on his Instagram and let him know that um, you are cheering for him and you are on his team and we're praying for him and that you appreciate all the like truth he laid down for us and the rapping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not only do I, is he my only friend with ALS, I think he's my only friend that's a ridiculously talented freestyle rapper. I was totally feeling that. I'm so impressed. Um, so I really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It was really sweet to get to hear from him and to, you know, talk through Atlanta Falcon stuff, you guys, because I'm never afraid to talk about the Falcons. So, hey, we really, really enjoy getting to put these podcasts in your ears. I hope you're enjoying them as well. If this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad you joined us for a That Sounds Fun podcast. And you can go back and hear all sorts of other ones. As I mentioned, we have another one with another professional athlete, Connor Harrell, a baseball player in the Detroit Tigers system. And then there's tons of others, authors, musicians, a great one about best places to eat in Nashville. So you can just go back and check out the first handful of episodes we've already got for you. And if you, while you're there, while you're over on iTunes, if you don't mind leaving a review, that would really mean a lot. That kind of gives people who aren't our friends permission to join us and go like, yeah, I think I think I would like to listen to this. So um, that is how you do that, is leave a review at iTunes. And by the way, the beautiful music you hear in the background is from my sweet friend Ellie Holcomb from her album, As Sure As The Sun. You should definitely grab that. And hey, let's stay connected. I'm easy to find all over the internet. It's Annie F as in fancy, Annie F Downs. That's my 
Website is AnnieFDowns.com. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all of it. You can find me at Annie F. Downs. And I would love to connect. And I would love for you to tell me who else you want to hear on the podcast and let me know what you thought about our conversation today with good old Tim Shaw. So hope you are having a really beautiful day. I hope like I'm feeling, I hope you feel that today I'm a little more grateful for some of the things that come easy to me in my everyday, like driving and brushing my teeth and walking. So um, I hope you do something really fun today and you're really grateful for all the things you're able to do, all the ways God is for you and all the ways he loves you. And I hope you have a really great day.